Hey, you're listening to Orla's Happy Hormones podcast, talking all things female health and wellness. I'm Orla O'Flaherty, a certified naturopath and herbalist, and I'm here to talk about everything from periods, PCOS, endometriosis, health, sex, wellness, and life in general. Here's to happy hormones and a happy you. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Orla's Happy Hormones podcast. And we are up to episode 26, and we're going strong. (laughs) But this week, I'm covering the topic of sleep, and how it affects us really all over, how it affects your overall health, but also how it affects your hormones, and ways that you can help your sleep. And also, something that I do want to speak on is the let's say the societal pressures of not having to sleep that much and I know that may sound a bit strange but in the day and age of online businesses people getting up getting out getting the work done the the old saying you can sleep when you're dead things like that I feel that it's it's putting an, emor- an enormous amount of pressure on people to push themselves past the point of where their bodies are actually able to go. And in the short term, I get it. Look, I'm a woman in business. I am a woman in an online business platform as well. I know the sacrifices that we have to make to be able to get everything done in a day. But... I also see and have seen personally what the likes of sleep deprivation can do to you and what it can do to you over a long period of time. But then what we don't seem to realise is that we're actually affecting our health for down the line and we're affecting our, our future selves. So there's loads of areas that we do need to look at, but sleep can be one of them. Now, with this episode, like I know there are some people who suffer with insomnia and who just physically cannot get to sleep. And then there are other people who are going to bed, they are setting their alarms for the middle of the night to get up, do some work, then go back to sleep, then get up, do work, go back to sleep. Having intervals of two hours sleep at a time, that is a, a process that I have seen people do. And I just want to bring awareness around how that's actually damaging you for the long haul. But why is sleep so important? And it's it's basic, like good quality sleep is needed for overall health and wellness. Our bodies have to shut down to be able to recover and repair and recover and repair your vital organs and your blood vessels overnight. Like long-term sleep deprivation can actually increase your risks of heart disease, kidney, kidney disease, high blood pressure, the risks of diabetes and stroke. Like adequate sleep is, it is also, it's vital for muscle growth. So for, I know some people, when you're trying to tell them, this is good for your health, this is good for your health, it's kind of in one ear out the other. But if you tell them something's good for their looks, they may start to heed a bit of, attention a bit more (laughs) I'm not saying everyone but look we all we all have aspects of our egos that can be fed and 
the ego isn't a wholly bad thing. The ego is there for our self-protection and our self-preservation. And it just depends on what way you're working in life, be it from the ego or be it from the heart or from both, which, to be honest, like I said, the ego is needed. But for people out there who go to the gym and who work hard in the gym, who are spending hours in the gym, sleep is vital for muscle growth and repair. You'll often hear the age-old saying, abs are made in the kitchen, etc. And yes, they are. It's all down to your nutrition and what you're fueling your body with. But it's actually, it's made in the bedroom, in the bed, asleep. Like you end up having a massive surge of human growth hormone when you're asleep. So for your body to be able to recover and repair and grow its muscles from the hard training session that you have just done, you need to be getting a minimum seven to eight hours sleep a night. There's only so long you can go and push your body to its limits, especially with the likes of hard intense training, be it high intensity training or weight training or whatever your your method of choice is. There's only so long you can push your body before it's going to break if you're not getting what it needs. Be that your nutrition, your proper nutrition, and also your sleep. Sleep is vital. And it's vital in a whole host of areas, but it plays a huge role in maintaining a healthy weight as well. Like studies show that people who lose one to two hours of sleep per night are more likely to be overweight or, or obese. And the reasons for this is adequate amounts of sleep is required to maintain a healthy balance of hormones called ghrelin and leptin. Now, these are our hunger regulating hormones. So ghrelin makes you feel hungry and leptin makes you feel full. When you don't get enough sleep, your ghrelin levels increase and your leptin levels decrease, making you feel hungrier than you would be if you were actually well rested. So if you are losing one to two hours of sleep per night and you're wondering why you're constantly picking or grazing or you just can't stem your hunger, it, it could possibly be those levels are out of whack. But then you're also looking at your your insulin. Like sleep completely affects how your body is reacting to, in, to insulin and insulin is the hormone that controls your your blood sugar levels so sleep deficiency can result with a higher than normal blood sugar level increasing your risks of diabetes but then when your blood sugar levels are all over the place again you're going to be grazing and picking and especially at night time if you feel that you're craving sugary foods at night time and that's your blood sugar levels so it's a matter of maintaining them throughout the day again through nutrition having a whole balanced diet but as well your sleep but then when we're looking at people who are chronically sleep deprived their cortisol levels are raised higher than what they should be at night time now this kind of has a double negative effect like raised cortisol makes it harder to get to sleep so it's your brain will be kind of doing that 
inward monologue constantly. And then this is causing further sleep deprivation. So it's basically a vicious circle. So then prolonged times of higher than normal cortisol levels is having an impact then on your sex hormone production. And this is all down to the HPA axis, and I've gone into it before on other podcasts, but it's for women anyway. When your cortisol levels are high, your progesterone levels are then decreasing. And this is because progesterone is the precursor for cortisol. But when progesterone decreases, we're then looking at the likes of the estrogen dominant symptoms. So your PMS, your irritability, your mood disorders, heavy and painful periods. And again, this is because estrogen and progesterone are directly linked to each other. If your progesterone is low, your estrogen is going to be high. If your estrogen is low, your progesterone is going to be high. They're a, they're a balancing act. They're like the, the weighing scales. And it's the same really for all hormones. All hormones are intertwined in the body. Like they're connected in some way or another. They are the chemical messengers that regulate the body. And when one is off, it's going to have a domino effect on overall health. And that's why I'm talking about hormones and sleep. Because when your sleep is affected, you're sending... It will start by sending one hormone out of whack, be it your ghrelin or your leptin, which is then having another impact on your insulin... And then with your cortisol levels being raised, your progesterone and your estrogen are being affected. And then now we're in a state of chronic exhaustion, sleep deprivation, insomnia, and it's all a vicious circle over and over. And then unfortunately, it's having a direct link on your brain function and your mental and emotional wellness. While you're sleeping, your brain is forming new pathways to help you learn and remember information. Studies are showing that sleep deficiency actually alters activity in some parts of the brain and it's impairing your cognitive function then. And cognitive cognitive function is basically how we function outright from learning, talking, thinking, remembering, reasoning even, attention, decision making. When you're sleep deprived, you can't make basic decisions. Trying to decide if you want salt and vinegar crisps over cheese and onion crisps, or if you want a salad with goat's cheese or a salad with feta cheese. Basic decisions you can't make. And then trying to cope with the emotions and even coping with any sort of change that's around you can be really difficult. The brain isn't computing, basically, and it's not rested enough, and the neurons aren't firing correctly, and you're getting frustrated and depressed. And this is because the brain hasn't been given the rest time to form those new neuron pathways. Like, I know for myself, speaking from personal experience, because for anybody that listens, you know I do like to talk about my personal experiences here, um... But I remember when I was finishing up in college and I was working a full-time job, Monday to Friday, traveling to Dublin every weekend, then doing clinical hours and doing lectures, 
doing study time, everything. I think I was accumulating about a 90-hour workload a week and I wasn't sleeping. Towards the end, and this is my final year, I, I got to the end of it. I had three weeks left to go and I had gone three weeks with living on maybe two hours sleep a night because my stress levels were so high. My cortisol was so high. I wasn't able to switch off. I wasn't able to sleep. I was suffering from insomnia, but it all just became a vicious cycle as well because I had to finish. I'd been working my ass off for the last four years. It was, it was go time and I kept pushing and pushing and pushing myself. So three weeks with maybe two hours sleep a night and one day I cracked. I completely broke. So much so that I couldn't string a sentence together. I remember my cousin bringing me to the doctor because family was away. My family was away and the doctor was asking me questions I could not answer. I would look at her. She became my voice. I could shake my head. I could nod my head. I couldn't put two words together. And it was purely down to sleep deprivation and chronic stress with no breaks. And yeah, I went 90, 90 something days without a day off. But then it was the three weeks with the no sleep that really pushed me over the edge. But in saying all that, it was me who did that to myself. There were certain things that I could have taken out of my life that would have reduced the stress. But I had put the, the expectations on myself that I had to do everything. I had to work the full-time job. Well, obviously, I had to work the full-time job because I needed money. I had to go to college. I had to finish college. Then I was also training. I was training to compete in the Worlds. Realistically, looking back, that is something I could have taken out. But I didn't want to because it was my release. It was the one thing that I was getting a break from everything else. And I loved it. But it did put a little bit of physical strain on my body as well. But then looking at foods and nutrition, was I nourishing myself enough? No, I wasn't. I wasn't eating anywhere near what I should have been eating. Was I giving myself downtime? No, I wasn't. Now, I couldn't at weekends as I was in college, but I could have decided to take a night off studying, to go for walks, clear my head, do grounding techniques and grounding exercises but I didn't and it's the one thing when it comes to sleep deprivation and it's different for everyone there are different types of people who have sleep deprivation there are the likes of myself who was an overachiever <laughs> which I'm holding my hand up to I was a complete overachiever still kind of am every now and then but I'm working on it but yeah so there's the overachiever like myself and you're seeing things online on social media sleep when you're dead get up get to work 
get your money, pay your bills, do this, 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 this and this. If you want to make it, you have to sacrifice something, sacrifice your sleep. No. We can't keep going like that. Because you are damaging your your own health in the long term. You need to have seven to eight hours sleep for proper brain function and brain formation and neuron pathways. You need seven to eight hours sleep to repair your heart, your blood vessels, your kidneys. And in Chinese medicine, these organs energetically are, are strained from the likes of pushing yourself too hard. So your kidney energy is when you're working over, when you're overworking and then overtraining, your kidney energy is being completely depleted. And when that kidney kidney energy is, say, not damaged, but deficient, that's going to have a direct link on your sleep also. But it's being in that mind frame of you can sacrifice your sleep so that you can keep working it's in that where the problem lies but it's also in that where you can fix it because there's only so long you can go without crashing and burning because that burnout will come if you are deliberately sacrificing your sleep there's only so long you can keep doing that for Everybody says that they don't have time for certain things, that they don't have time to do this and they don't have time to do that. Everybody has the same 24 hours in the day. It's how we prioritize our time. So if you are sacrificing two, three hours sleep at night to get up and work, but then you notice during the day that you're scrolling through your phone mindlessly, that you are sitting, staring at your laptop for two hours because you can't actually get creative and you can't think straight. Those two hours are better spent asleep the night before. So if you are somebody who sets their alarm at crazy hours of the night, please rethink it because you could be using your time more productively during the day when you're awake after a restful night's sleep. Then there are people who suffer with insomnia and down to physical or emotional aspects or both. It's not as easy for these people to just fix that problem. It's looking at a whole host of things. So the likes of your nutrition what is it that you're depleted in? A lot of the time it's magnesium and a lot of the time it's your cortisol levels are, are very high. Now, look, cortisol is a really important hormone. We need it and it has its purpose, but I'm talking about chronic stress and high chronic high levels of cortisol. But for people who suffer with insomnia and have sleep disorders, it's looking at the, the neuron pathways as well figuring out what's happening, why aren't you sleeping? Can it be fixed through nutrition? Can it be fixed through supplementing in with certain things? 
cannot be fixed with the likes of mindfulness because is, is your brain overactive? For people who have a medical condition, it is a matter of trying to fix the chemical imbalance that is there if there is one there and figuring out how you can nourish your body and ground your body. I talked about TCM. I'll talk a little bit about Ayurveda. Ayurveda is the Indian medicine and it's it's very energetic based. So for usually people who can't, who would suffer with insomnia or sleep disorders, you're really looking at a vata, an excess of a vata. In Ayurveda, we all have three constitutions. We have vata, pitta and kapha. And we all have all three of those constitutions within us, but it's a balance and it's how our makeup is. And one of those constitutions can be out of whack for a little bit, causing the likes of sleep problems. So typically in Ayurveda, you're looking at a vata imbalance when it comes to sleep. And it's a matter of grounding yourself and getting out into the earth and sticking your feet in the grass for 10 minutes and letting the earth's magnets balance out the ions. This does work. But then as well, looking at nourishing, grounding foods, soups, stews, root veggies, oats, all these nourishing foods that are rich in flavonoids, vitamins A, C, E, zinc. You're looking at nourishing the body. So literally what you, that saying, you are what you eat. Yes, you are what you eat, but you're also, you are what you absorb. So looking then as well at, are you absorbing the nutrients in your food? A sure sign to know if you are actually absorbing nutrients is your stool color. If your poo is light brown, you're not actually absorbing the nutrients and you more than likely have some sort of vitamin or mineral deficiency. If your poo color is a dark brown, you're good to go. You are absorbing. But then also the consistency of it. Are there cracks in it? Do you have loose stools all the time? Do you have solid stools? What I always say to my clients is, is it like a banana shape? Is it like rabbit droppings? Or is it like a cow pat? If it's a banana shape and it's a good dark brown, you're absorbing your nutrients. You're good to go. Anything else, there's an issue with digestion and absorption. So I would be looking at getting a really good probiotic like your Udo's superates and also possibly a digestive enzyme. But again, this is all individual to each person. But our body has ways of telling us what's going on. So for the people who would suffer with an insomnia and chronic stress and things like that, look at what's going on in your body. Look at the likes of your stools. Look at the likes of your skin. Is your skin really dry? Are you dehydrated? Dehydration can actually have a huge impact on your sleep also. Again, because certain minerals that you're missing. Dehydration isn't just water. It's the minerals that are in our, that we're absorbing also. And your salts. So just look at the physical aspects and what is it that you can do there. And if you have exhausted all options, going to a sleep therapist finding out what it is that's going on. Are there any tests 
that you can get done to see if there's a chemical imbalance. Go find the answers. And then once you have a diagnosis, you can put a plan in place. And then you have some sort of control back and you can look at your sleep then. And then the third kind of sleep deprivation is new parents. And unfortunately, this is a matter of time. It all depends on the parent, or not the parent, it all depends on the child. If the child is a good sleeper, if not, if the mother or the father is up all night with the baby, it tends to be more so the mother, especially if it's a breastfeeding mother, because the baby can smell the milk and etc, etc. And plus they need to feed. But it's after six months when it becomes more of a comfort thing that they can smell the milk and they just wake up and they want it. It becomes habitual. So it's a matter of trying to break that cycle in time. But with new parents, it is a matter of giving it the time and then trying to get help. Get help from family, from friends. Get someone to be a night nurse for you once or twice a week if you can just so you can get sleep. Then also looking as well at your nutrition. So everything that I said for the insomniacs, take on board for yourselves too. But as well with new mothers, you are now more than likely anemic or blood deficient. It's you're after giving birth and it takes a long time to build those energy reserves back up after going through pregnancy and labor. So looking at getting yourself really good iron-rich tonics when you're blood deficient in TCM, it's very, very hard to get off to sleep, but it's also very hard to stay asleep. So it's looking at building up the, the nutrients in your blood. So all your beetroot rich, your beetroot rich foods, sorry, your blood building foods. So your beetroot, your spinach, your kale, broccoli, your red meat. If you don't eat red meat, make sure you're getting enough greens in and broccoli. Then also blackstrap molasses is a really good blood tonic rich in iron, magnesium, manganese, phosphorus, potassium. Then again your soups and your stews, all the nourishing foods. For any new mothers out there there's a, a great book called The First 40 Days that I recommend to everyone because it's full of loads of recipes that are designed to help give you energy back. And then, like I said, unfortunately, with new parents, it is a matter of time and hoping in time that the baby does get into a good sleep pattern and into a good sleep routine. And then, like, how much sleep do we actually need? Like, adults, like I said, we need seven to eight hours sleep per night. Teenagers need eight to ten hours of sleep per night. Kids aged six to twelve need a minimum 10 to 13 hours of sleep and below that anything from 12 to 16 hours now that would be including naps for babies and toddlers and things like that but we need these hours of sleep for the brain to form these pathways for the heart the kidneys the lungs all to regenerate all to repair repair blood vessels and this is for kids too like, there are people out there who feel like they, they don't need sleep and that they can just go on, like, 
for five hours a night and still function but in fact it's it's in their long-term health where these problems are going to arise like i said earlier from the likes of heart disease stroke even vascular dementia there's so many other issues as well but they are serious concerns if you are or if you know someone who is running off four or five hours sleep a night just so that they can get their work done and stuff like that so looking at how you can improve your sleep now or or else making that conscious effort to get more sleep instead of sitting up scrolling on your phone or flicking through the tv it really is vital for your overall long-term health so what i would recommend is incorporating a nighttime ritual or a nighttime routine for yourself just getting into a habit of doing certain things every night so for example 90 minutes before bed start doing grounding techniques deep breathing exercises or as like I said go walking barefoot in the grass for 10 minutes then an hour before bed either switch off your phone or leave it in another room the blue lights and scrolling through social media is activating the brain and it's reducing your chances of a REM sleep cycle then 30 minutes before bed have a cup of chamomile tea 200 grams of magnesium and this will all help to relax you one thing I always say to people as well is have a happy jar and write down three things that put a smile on your face for that day and really while doing this you're putting yourself into a more positive mode I know most people their days they can be stressful and there's lots going on but even just finding those three things that improved your day or three things that put a smile on your face or three things that you did for someone else that made you happy acknowledge these things acknowledge all the good parts instead of focusing on a lot of the negatives because that way you're lying in bed thinking about all the negative stuff that had happened or how you felt at the end of your day always try and look for the good because this is how you can train or retrain your brain then if you have to set an alarm set it for the morning but make sure that you are getting your minimum seven hour sleep and if you are using your phone as your alarm put it on airplane mode because the wi-fi waves are actually interrupting your sleep cycle also then also put the phone on the other side of the room because it'll stop you from hitting the snooze button in the morning and when you set your alarm set one alarm don't set six or ten, which I have known some people to do. Set one alarm, put it on the other side of the room, get up, knock it off, and start your day. And then finally, the last thing that you can do when you are going to bed is connecting in with your body while you're going to sleep. Go through every part of your body from your head right down to your toes. Feel your toes wiggle. Feel your legs relax. Feel yourself breathing much deeper, right down into your belly. And this is your body. Show it love and gratitude. Give yourself those relaxation techniques. Give yourself those grounding techniques. Connect in with yourself on a physical level. Basically to get out of your head and to stop all that 
mindless chatter. Because that's causing you stress as well. Then, like supplements, like I said, try the magnesium. Magnesium is the most used mineral in the body and most people in the Western world are deficient in it. My go-to is the Mag365 and taking that 30 to 60 minutes before bed is really important, especially if you're finding it hard to relax and go off to sleep. Another supplement, I, I don't often recommend this, but for the likes of shift workers, I would recommend melatonin. Melatonin is a hormone that your body produces naturally to induce sleep, but with shift work, it can actually be disrupted. So if you are a shift worker, look at the at supplementing in with melatonin, but not for too long. Because it's a hormone, if you're supplementing it in, you may diminish its own natural production in the long term. So I wouldn't be taking it every night for six months to a year because it may inhibit your own natural melatonin production. But then herbal supports, like I said, like the chamomile tea or valerian tea, lavender, oats, licorice, skullcap, these are all herbs traditionally used to relax the nervous system and aid in sleep. Like they all have calming and sedative-like properties in them and chemical compounds that will help to ground you, relax you, bring you down and help you get to sleep and stay asleep. Licorice specifically for people who find that they're waking up at 4 5 a.m. If you're waking between 4 and 5 a.m., it's a key sign that your cortisol is way too high. Licorice will help to reduce out the cortisol. But be mindful that licorice does increase blood pressure. So if you do have any blood pressure problems, avoid it. And like I said earlier, your foods, your grounding, nourishing foods, things that are going to help sustain you and fuel you with what it is that you need and what it is that you're missing. Having that whole balanced diet, it is so important. And again, for anyone out there who is of the mindset of, I can sleep when I'm dead. If you want to live a long and healthy life, you need to look after yourself first. You need to get your sleep. You need to be mindful of your health. Mind, body and spirit. When it comes to sleep disruptions and sleep disorders on an energetic level, it can be classed as a an unsettled spirit and an unhappy spirit. So looking around at what it is that your life is consisting of right now. Are you experiencing joy? Are you experiencing fun? Are you doing the things that make your soul sing? If not, why not? And can you change this? Can you find the joy in your life again? Can you awaken that happy part of yourself again? What can you remove from your life that will make you happy? And what can you bring into your life that will make you happy? What are the things that you can do for you? in your spirit. Everybody has different things that they love to do, but 
they just don't anymore be it from time lack of time or different things lack of energy especially with being sleep deprived but bringing in certain aspects of your own life of the things you enjoy doing it will settle your spirit and you'll find that that mental chatter of any of the what ifs or whys and this that and the other they will tend to lessen in time but you do need to find your joy again and in is it a Native American tribe or an Amazonian tribe I can't remember Yeah, in South America with the shamans when they see people are depressed and not sleeping and everything their first question is why did you stop dancing and that question why did you stop dancing is not just the physical dancing but why did your soul stop dancing why aren't you connecting with the earth why aren't you connecting with the people around you and it is very true in this day and age that we are in, the digital age. When we connect with people, when we connect with the things that we love, we innately become more fulfilled in ourselves. So if that's an area of your life that's causing you sleep problems, looking at that. But there are a whole host of different reasons for many different people and it's all different for everyone. Your own sleep is a very personal journey and it's connecting in with yourself as to why aren't you sleeping and you need to figure out for yourself what patterns are in place that are stopping you from sleeping well, what patterns are in place that you can change. Because at the end of the day, we can all change things in our lives. It may take work, it may take time, but we can change things. And that's it for this week's episode. And the ramblings of a crazy lady. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed. If you have any other questions, feel free to shoot them my way. You can DM me or... Tag me, whatever it is you'd like to do. And for now, happy Thursday and happy hormones. And I hope you all have a great weekend, guys.